Thanks. Uh, before I go to the questions, I just want to say um, that uh, it was difficult. Both, both We valued both guys, good kids, um, hard-working players, and... Um, you know, in, in an attempt to, to do what's right for the Warriors, we also tried to do something that would improve the playing situations of both these guys. And and uh, they obviously weren't getting a great opportunity here to play, and we hope they get better opportunity uh, with Philly for Charles and uh, Atlanta for Jeremy. Um, and then secondly, before we get to the questions, I would say that, uh, and I think this was made clear by our owner, uh, in the media was that we, we were not under a mandate to get under the tax. Um, the only mandate that I'm operating under and our group is operating under is to, to win. Um, so uh, we, we made this decision more for basketball reasons and, uh, than economic reasons, and we can get into uh, why um, with your questions. But um, we felt like this was the prudent thing to do. Um, it's, a, it's a new CBA, and there are uh, there are uh, there are major implications for being in the luxury tax, and this deal today uh, enabled us to get out of the luxury tax and uh, g- gives, gives us more flexibility in the near term and far term. So with that, um, you can go ahead with your questions. Bob, can you, this is Marcus, can you, as best possible, kind of list the ramifications? Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's three... I mean, if you're talking about the negatives of being a tax team, I'm not naive, and you guys aren't either, to, to say there's not a financial negative, which every team, you can say whatever you want, but every team is mindful of now. So financially, there's negative. You pay the tax. You don't get the tax distribution, which I guess is about a million and a half dollars, if you guess. Um, and then finally, the financial implication would be every year you're in the tax, uh, you're, you're – you're, uh, you're starting the clock ticking in terms of being a tax repeater. So what does that mean? Uh, give you an example. A few years out, if we want to make a blockbuster deal, uh, then such a deal could be potentially cost prohibitive due to the draconian repeater rate, meaning if we're $7 million over the tax this year, then we pay $7 million in tax. But if we're $7 million over the tax under the repeater rules, then that $7 million becomes $18 million. So every year you're in the tax, you risk becoming labeled a repeater, so not uh, doing this trade, we would have started that clock of being a tax-paying team. Uh, and, and, I, and I would tell you guys, oh, we're, we're possibly going to be a tax-paying team next year with, uh, with, uh, with, with the roster we have and, and wanting to improve the team. So we felt like um, with the risk of being in the tax next year possibly and, and doing what's right to win, we didn't want that clock ticking now on becoming a tax-paying team. Second reason would be trade flexibility. What, what's a negative of being in the tax? And this, this is where we get into system issues. Uh, generally speaking, it hurts our ability to trade for a player when you're a tax-paying team. Specifically, it decreases our ability to be a player in the trade market around the draft this year because it limits the salary we can take back in a potential trade. Uh, as a tax-paying team, we can only receive 125% plus 100000 As a non-tax-paying team, the latitude of the, of the amount you can take and give back increases to 150% uh, plus 100000 So you're able to complete trades without having to match salary as much. The last component that I would say as a negative of being in the tax would be that you're, uh, you, you approach something called the tax apron, which they estimate to be about $75 million. So 
it gets into uh, can you, if you approach that $75 million hard cap number, you're not able to use your mid-level exception. Uh, if, you get, if you get close, to, if you go exceed that number, you're only able to use what they call a mini mid-level, which is about $3 million. Um, you cannot receive a player as part of a sign-and-trade if, you if you're over the tax and over the apron. And if, when I say apron, basically, in your mind, just assume that means $75 million, which is, which is a guess, I think, right now. Uh, so making this transaction that we made today on both fronts makes it more likely that we will be under this tax apron uh, during the off-season in July of $75 million. Um, so to sum it up, uh, yes, there's a financial component to it. That's not what drove the deal. Um, not being a repeater uh, drove the deal. Uh, not uh, you know, having trade flexibility drove the deal. Not uh, approaching this trade apron. And then finally, we wanted the flexibility to have the opportunity to add a player in the next week or two, which we can do, uh, that will help the team and not go back into the tax. So there's a lot of players that are out there now and may become available if, if bought out that we hope uh, we can look at, and if one makes sense, we can add one. Um, so in our minds, uh, we felt like it was the prudent thing to do for a lot of different reasons. And I probably talked too long, but for all those reasons. Bob, this is Rusty. Uh, I'm guessing about 300000 but can you help me with the math a little bit about how much money you guys have left to, to sign somebody for, for the rest of the season? We, um, that's a good guess. It's a really good guess. Um, I think we're going to confirm with the league, Rusty, but our calculations have about two ninety four. Um, but there's, there's, that has not been confirmed with the league, which is, uh, you know, they, uh, we need to get that exact hard number, and they've been inundated with calls, but I believe last we checked, uh, it was somewhere in the range of 294000 So your $300,000 uh, guess on Price is Right, you'd probably get up on stage right now. <laughs> so we have a chance. What that, what, that means, what that means is we can sign a player for the rest of the season at a prorated minimum and still be under the tax. That's what it means. Hey, Bob, it's Antonio. Um, that's, uh, that second-round pick you guys are getting back from Philadelphia, can you just kind of talk about the specifics about that and the protection uh, of the pick? I'm not, I, I, Antonio, I'd prefer not to get into the specifics of the trade just as a rule of thumb, but um, I, I, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to get into the, the minutia. And I, it's not personal to you. It's just how we want to do things. Okay. Can you talk about the, the – the, the money that you guys put out to get the um, to get Jeremy Tyler a couple years ago, how much did that weigh in the decision uh, today? No, I don't think that weighed in the decision. I think uh, the uh, the uh, the money that we put out was money that we thought would uh, help us get a player. And uh, I think uh, in regards to how I would view that, I hope we do that again on a player. I think uh, it's not an exact science. We're not going to be right all the time. Nobody bats a thousand, so. Hey, look, somebody in my position is thrilled that an owner will uh, spend money to buy a pick. And, uh, you know, you do what you can. You make the best decision uh, you can at the time. And I, I think we'll do it again. I, I would hope we would spend money to, to buy a pick again if we feel like it's for the right player. Um, in the second round, sometimes you, uh, you have to, uh, you know, sometimes take risks and, uh, and, and go for it. And I think ultimately if you have that attitude and, 
and, and, and do that and take that approach, you'll be successful more often than not. But it, it did not play into uh, the decision we, we made today one way or the other. Bob, I don't, I don't mean for you to get into any specifics here, but I'm just wondering, uh, just in general, how active the phones were today, how, how active your room was making calls and, and trade talks. Um, you know what, guys? It's re- even even we, you would not characterize. I don't know that Sports Center is the ticker. Is that, we're not the lead story, I guess I'll say, uh, with these deals that we did. Um, but that doesn't mean. Uh, that, that we weren't extremely active. Uh, and I would tell you guys all, I think every team is, even teams that didn't do anything, because our job is to exhaust every single component uh, of, and, and ways that are big and small right. to make your Doing team better, whether, whether that's becoming more flexible, whether that's... Or otherwise, like buyouts or whatever. Um, so we're, we're constantly looking. So that means whether it's myself or Travis Swink or Kirk Lakeup, I, I, we were we were here at five in the morning. Um, we we were talking about it at midnight last night after the game, and and that that's just the last twenty four hours. So this goes on. This is our job. I mean, we don't get to play. We're not good enough. We don't get to coach. So our only job is to try to make the team better. So this is all we do. So we're constantly on the phone. But I will say this to give you a little more specific. I don't think you know in the situation we were in, close to the tax. Uh, made it known that we liked our core and wanted to move forward with it. Our phone, I don't believe we were as active as some other teams uh, as far as their op- opportunities and options. I do believe next year with 30-something million in expiring contracts and first-round picks, and I believe we could be in a position where you know, our phones may be jumping off the hooks because we'll have a ton of space in 14, and uh, people, people, people will look at our team and say, hey, you know, they've got a lot of things they can do. Whereas this year, I, I think, although we were on the phone quite a bit and looking to do different things, I don't know that, um, you know, we were, we'll be in the same position as we will be next year. And I, don't, I don't even know if this is fair or not, but I'm just looking for some details. We're, we're trying to describe the room a little bit. I mean, is, is one person on the phone with the league, doing the Tyler trade while somebody else is working the Jenkins deal with another team? Or how, how does all that stuff play out? Oh, man. Um, that's a pretty fair depiction. I think, you, you know, my, whether it's, whether it's uh, Kirk on, on the computer seeing how, how much uh, space we would have if we made a certain move or what teams have exceptions, um, who has draft picks. It's me on the phone with the general manager. It's Travis on the phone with the assistant general manager. It's it's uh, our general counsel on the phone with the NBA, all of the above. And um, it's, it's basically uh, you can't do it by yourself. And that's, if, I could, if, if I could say one thing, even though, like I said uh, in the past, my, my title says general manager. I'm not in a room by myself. This is a group effort. Um, you know, I, and we're, we're constantly comparing and contrasting, and, and one guy's talking to one team and another team. I think you'd be foolish not to employ a team-like approach to this because you can cover so much more ground. And one thing I learned from the agent side, when I was trying to get a player signed um, or get an answer, I learned from, from Arne Tellum, who said, call every team. I want you to call every, all 30 teams. Call them all. And so the, the, the approach that I employ and our group employs is let's canvas the whole league. And I can tell you guys, one person can't do that um, effectively. And I don't think one person can do that even if you tried and spent 24 hours, every conversation 
um, is sometimes uh, lengthy, sometimes not, but it's, it's constantly changing. The, the best word to describe the trading deadline is fluid. We had things come and go uh, very quickly, um, and uh, you just have to be on your toes and have a ton of contingencies. And I would think that that goes for every team in the league. You just have to be prepared for a lot of different outcomes. Uh, Charles, uh, presumably other teams in the league understood what you were trying to do. How did you make a match with Philly and Atlanta on these two players? Well, you know what? I think it, 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 any any deal that's done has to be mutually beneficial. But but we're, we're like I said before, we canvass the entire league. We see what makes sense for us. But it takes two to tango, and so it had to make sense for these teams. Um, but but the conversations that we have had had with those two teams, we we had with numerous teams, and and again, everything we did today was. Like I said, there's a dual purpose to it. One is to do what's best for this organization, and two is because we value Jeremy and uh, and um, and Charles. We wanted to put them in a situation where we felt like they could succeed, and uh, and that's where we thought we we found a place where uh, you know both both of these players um, had come up in conversations in the past with these two teams. The teams Atlanta had mentioned they liked Jeremy, and um, Philadelphia had mentioned they liked uh, Charles in the past. So if you can if you can put a player in a good situation, you try. Sometimes you can't to be, with all candor. Sometimes you can't, but um, you're constantly trying to find what the best fit for you is, and uh, and if you can huh? for your players. No. Bob, um, there were a couple of marquee names out there today. Can you can you say whether or not you were you were in those talks, or if if anything might have dropped on on your lap at the last minute that was viable? Uh, I, I cannot say, um, but that's a very good question, very, very uh, good inquisitive question. I'll just say this, this is, and this is the truth, guys. When I met with a couple of you a week ago, and I know you saw what Joe's comments were, and, and this is the truth, we want to see this team grow together and see what we can do. And the sample size that we've been allotted, I think it's only about eight games. We believe we have a good core uh, we believe that uh, we're being prudent and being patient, patient and seeing how it develops. But we think we have a nice core and, and a nice mix of young players with some veterans, uh, and we want to see what they can do. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question on an overall level, but we, um, we're confident that, that uh, we, we want to take a longer look at what we have now. Bob, that was the part where you say, yeah, we almost had Josh Smith. Yeah, that was <laughs> – well, you know, you guys have – everybody's got a job to do. Um, so I know – I appreciate what you guys have to do. So you have to ask the questions and you have to guess. But I would tell you, we our position all along was uh, – and continues to be, let's see what we have with the group that we have. What, what, what was, was Tyler and Jenkins a part of it because their money worked? Or was Bazemore not a part of it because you guys really wanted to keep him as opposed to the other two? You know what? I think um, I think it was a very difficult decision. Um, we had to find uh, the the right teams to match with the right players. But I I, I would tell you that um, we valued all of them. Um, it was a very difficult decision from our side. Uh, and to speak directly towards Kent, um, he's been good for us. And uh, we look forward for him to continue to grow with us, but um, it was a difficult it was a difficult decision, and I wouldn't 
necessarily rate it as one person above another, and it just happened to fall this way. But um, we expect good things from Kent going forward. Bob, this is Kyle Bollinger from CSM Bay Area. How does the process work of informing the guys that have been in traded, and what was that like today? Can you can you sorry? Can you repeat that, please, for me? What is the process like in terms of um, letting the guys know that they've been traded, and, and how did that go today? Um, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. Uh, there's a human element to uh, what we do, and it's not all business, and it's not all numbers. Uh, these are just people you're dealing with, and um, it's emotional. I'll tell you that. I mean, to sit across from from good kids. Um, that they've given you a lot and have helped being a, be a part of what we've part of the changes that we've made culturally. I will not lie to any of you. It's the hard thing to do, and um, it wasn't easy um, because there's a personal relationship that exists with our players and our organization. And, and and we and to be honest, guys, these players players wanted wanted to be here. They wanted to stay here, and um, you don't find that in every organization. You, you see in a lot of places that the opposite occurring. So it's hard. I think it was hard for them. It's hard for us. Um, you're talking about dealing with people. And um, anytime you deal with people, there's uh, it's, it's, it's not, we, we, you're not trading a building or a widget or these are, these are real, real people that you get to know. And um, hard. It's the hard thing to do.